Hello, guys. Welcome to the Knobcast, the football podcast with a difference and your favorite football podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about Arsenal. Are they genuine title contenders? Yes, they certainly are, in my humble opinion. Unai Emery doing a masterclass over Manchester United. Spurs losing. Liverpool actually winning a game away from home. Mm? Is this real life? Yes, it is. Apparently, Man City refereeing controversy, yes or no. The Champions League draw happens, so we will be discussing that in detail, having a look ahead at the future fixtures and our predictions therein. We're also going to have a little rant, well, Gasky certainly certainly is, about the 3pm blackout rule, the standard minigames, and of course, Ball Busters, which will be at the end of the podcast. So do make sure to stay tuned for that. But of course, I'm joined by... Gasky, speak of the devil, there he is in his little United shirt. How are you doing, mate? Hello. Uh, good, thank you. How, how is my good old podcast partner? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Doing very, very well. After a dramatic and exciting Premier League match week. And thankfully, we were able to watch all of the matches that were broadcast um, at 3pm. Oh, wait, no, we weren't because we live in England. More on that later. More on that later. Gasky, we're going to start. We are going to start with... Probably the, the game of the, uh, certainly from a on-paper perspective in terms of excitement in relation to the title race. The most exciting game, Chelsea nil, Arsenal 1. Exciting only in name because it was quite a boring spectacle. An interesting tactical battle, but not necessarily good for the casual viewer who just wants to enjoy uh, a game of uh, football. Uh, and I'm just going to start with the moronicness of the reason why Chelsea lost uh, the game in terms of the individual moment. We'll get onto the tactics later. But Gasky, I mean, just talk to me about the goal that Gabriel scored. I've given him a lot of slack. He got the goal, but it wasn't necessarily due to fantastic offensive play, was it? It really wasn't. I, I've watched the replay of the goal a few times, and these these just multiple sections where it's awful. It's not like it's just got through one player. You know, it's an absolutely shite corner to start. Let's just start with that. It is awful. I don't know what Havertz is trying to do at front bare post. It's like, it's like he's trying to leapfrog it, the mm. ball, to start with. I don't know what's going on. They're all grabbing behind. After a few watches of replay, I saw Cucurella was just giving someone a cuddle mm-hmm. and watching the ball go in. And it's just... It's like they just didn't want to clear it. It was really weird. It was just... It came through, and then I just, it was one of those where you look away thinking, oh, it's a crack corner, they're going to clear that. And then it's in the back of the net. Yeah. But yeah, it must be some of the worst defending I've seen from a corner. Like, it's really, really poor. It was really poor, and it's just embarrassing that, look, Arsenal were much the better side in the game. But if you're going to lose against Arsenal, at least let it be a really nice bit of play where they open you up. Or it's, a, or it's a spectacular free kick or long shot. Like, if you're losing because of that, I mean, it's, it's just a bit embarrassing, to be honest. Um, but regardless of that, that aside, Arsenal still 100% deserved uh, to, to take the win, e- even without that horrendous mistake by uh, uh, Chelsea. Um, and Gasky, I believe you think part of that is due to uh, Potter's uh, team uh, selection. You're a bit confused by it. So um, it's, obviously, it's obviously not clicking uh, there at Chelsea. They've... Uh, they haven't won a game uh, in a number of games. I think they've drawn, drawn, lost, loss, I believe. So what is that? Uh, four failures to win in four Premier League games, something like that. Um, after a very good start for uh, Potter, getting pumped by Brighton last week. And now, even though not in scoreline, getting battered by uh, Arsenal uh, uh, from an overall play perspective. Uh, so yeah, Gas, give me your thoughts on on the uh, on like the, the confusion uh, of Potter. Yeah, so 
it all comes back to that to start with the United game. So he, he went to five at the back, didn't work. United but all over them. He took Kukurella off, put Kovacic on. Kovacic changed the game for them and they played better. How is he just back on the bench? That's what I don't get. So then you've got this midfield of Jorginho, who, let's be honest, does he offer a lot? He, he connects the dots in a way, but doesn't really give you that defensive solidity that a holding midfielder will, and he's not really giving you that playmaker ability that an attacking midfielder will. But you put him next to Loftus-Cheek, who is not great, is he? Let's be fair. He's very, very bang average. Why is Kovacic not on the pitch? Giving him a go. You know, why is he not? He should be next to Jorginho, in my opinion. Jorginho gives him the ball. He Then he moves forward and connects all the dots with the attack. That doesn't work. Then you've got another number nine who's absolutely crap. Like, have they had anyone since Drogba who plays that position that's been good? Because I don't think there's really been anyone. Yeah, there's been a curse all... at Chelsea, hasn't there? A curse. Like, what they must... It'd be interesting to see how much they spent, because I reckon they spent nearly 500 million since Drogba, and no one's even been close. And the fact that they're... Is it their top goal scorer is still in the Premier League? Is, I don't know, they've scored a lot Lampard, but a midfielder? Hmm. Like, the attackers should be... By this time, they should be up there, and they're not. And they just didn't create anything. Like, I actually forgot Aubameyang was on the pitch. Yeah, I think he had you know, eight touches in the game overall. Yeah, and it's... Okay, you can... I, he's very, like... There was some there was some times in the game when I saw and I thought, run, go make a run off the last man. And he's not doing it. But then also I'm thinking, he's not even getting any supply from anyone else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from I can understand from both points of view why he would be frustrated. But yeah, just that it was the midfield selection for me. Like, defensively, I mean, it's probably the best defence they've got at the moment. Uh, but from a midfield perspective, you had no one who's going to pick that ball up and take it forward. And you had nothing. And... Arsenal were just all over him. Just touching on Aubameyang, did you see that really cringy um, like uh, match preview thing on BT Sport? Oh, exactly. I saw um, I saw Gabrielle's tweet afterwards mocking it. Nothing myself. personal yes. or something yeah. like that. It's like, oh, have, have you seen have you seen the behind the scenes of that? Though? Yes. Oh, he looks so he's, awkward. You can tell he's uncomfortable doing that. Yeah, and they get him to do it. So yeah. I do feel for him in that way. He's like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, I mean, maybe he could have gone, I don't want to do it, so I'm not going to. But yeah, it, it was really uh, awkward was. and, and cringe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, uh, Bamiyan got on, on the losing side there. Uh, just sort of my thoughts on the formation from Brighton. Well, I, I was a little bit confused that uh, Chelsea sort of reverted because they have been flip, uh, flip-flopping and going between a four and a five this season. Uh, so, I was, uh, so I thought they were going to line up with a five um, again. Because Arsenal this season have been very narrow. Uh, they've, they've been ve- very narrow because Zinchenko did it a lot at Man City where he inverts um, it, it, and he basically becomes a midfielder. He started, uh, to, even though I, th- I believe he's just coming back from injury, he did start today. Arsenal generally have been very uh, inverted so and narrow. So I thought that, uh, from a defensive perspective, I mean, so I would have thought that Chelsea would have gone with a back three slash back five to try to utilise the wings um, you know, for example, like get get Sterling running at at those uh those gaps that that Arsenal naturally leave yeah. by being so narrow. Um, but ultimately Chelsea weren't. Chelsea only exploited it maybe twice. I think there was one where Havertz had a tame shot, and there was another one where uh, so I, I think maybe Havertz had the chance to square it and he didn't. I, I can't remember, but. That so that happened. So there clearly was something to take advantage of, but they just didn't opt for the formation which. Uh, which could have best done that? Yeah, and also they just like you said from the wide from the wide points. I don't think Kukurella went in their half. 
I think I've, from the whole game, I think I can only recall as with Laqueta putting one cross in and he put it over the bar out of play. And I can't remember another time when the ball was getting into the box, really. And Cucurella just the most time I saw it was he was all it was just him and Saka having like little tussles in near his own box. And so they're not even getting the the fullbacks up. So he just I don't even know where the answer is at Chelsea at the moment watching them play. Like what is their plan? Because usually you can notice how you know how a team wants to play, how you can stop them. But there doesn't seem to be any plan at all. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm absolutely right. And I don't think even Graham Potter knows yet. I think that's why we've seen, you know, player plays well, but then he benched him because he doesn't quite know his he doesn't quite know his best team yet. He doesn't know what his best formation is, which is understandable when you go into a new club and it's a different level. Blah, blah, blah. But I do for, for Potter's sake, I do hope that he uh, sort, sorts it out quickly because Chelsea are not a club who will be uh, that patient with him. Uh, in fact, I th- I've already seen. So I know. So I know it's Twitter. So maybe it's not saying anything. But I've already seen some Chelsea fans question whether uh, they want him as manager. Uh, obviously, the, the unceremonious way in which Tuchel left hasn't helped matters either. He should never have been sacked, really. Uh, so Potter has a lot of work to do. He needs to get it done quickly. I mean, the new owners will play a pull a Watford if they have to. I can just <laughs> see it. That's what. That's what they'll do. Yeah, you can kill Abramovich, the man. You can't kill the idea. Uh, prematurely yeah, exactly. sacking managers. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, so so. Uh, but as bad as Chelsea were, full credit to Arsenal, one hundred percent deserved the win. Uh, we said this was good. Uh, Chelsea have been struggling recently, but this was still a really tough test for them. Mm. Ultimately, Chelsea did at flatter to deceive, but I think that is, that is partly because Chelsea were just poor, but also because Arsenal did very well and shut them down. Yeah. Um, at the same time, uh, what I've been enjoyed about Arsenal as well is is how consistent they've been. They have been, there's been a level and they've been at that level all season. There's been maybe glimpses where you've felt, oh, they're struggling. And that will happen when you, you know, you've got a brand new team put, that's been put together in a year. But they're just the level of performance is like a solid seven to eight by for every player minimum. And it's that is the reason why they're top of the league. Yeah. They, 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 yeah. They, they've been, they've been the best side in the league so far. That's why they are top of the league. They've done very well. And, I said it. I said, if Arsenal beat Chelsea, I will say they are 100% in a title race and they will take City down to like the last game, last couple of games of the season. Uh, Gasky, are you in agreement there? Um, e- yeah. Even if some Arsenal fans are trying to downplay it, they, they're definitely in a title race, aren't they? Oh, I, I, I agree, yeah. But at this point now, I always feel like before November, you're like, come on, like they're in a good run. Like look at Newcastle, you know, they're in a great one as well. But when you get to November, that's when yeah. you need to look at the league and you think, Exactly. Who's who's in it? Everyone else is not good enough to be in a title race. So there's only you say title race is at least two horses in it. Yes. And it has to be Arsenal, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And uh, we're a third of the way through the season. The the table, as you say, we're in November, around a third of the way through the season, is starting to take shape. Uh, that's for sure. We're starting to see who is going to be in that title race. Who's going to be in a top four race, top six race, relegation fight, etc., etc. Uh, and Arsenal are one hundred percent there uh, for the long run. I think. So yeah, hu- uh, huge congratulations to. Arsenal, Chelsea, and Graham Potter, a lot of work to do there. Um, and I don't even know if Chelsea are going to get top four at this point. In fact, I don't think they will. I'm going to say it right now. Chelsea won't get top four. Uh, Gasky, quickly, where do you think they'll finish? It's a really tough shout because no one's consistent, mm. really. So uh, it's good. I think they're either going to finish fourth or fifth. They're going to be, it's going to go down to the last game of the season, I think, and they're going to be involved in it. There we go. Speaking of being involved, um, Lindelof was involved in this game and Gasky was upset about that fact as Unite Emery's Aston Villa 
beat Manchester United 3-1 in the Premier League. I believe this was Unai Emery's first uh, match, uh, uh, official match in charge as well on, on the touchline. Yeah. Um, he's... he's He's back to upset Manchester United fans after beating them in the Europa League as well. The Good Evening Merchant. Uh, I, I did watch this game. Uh, Bogaski, you obviously have watched it more intensely than I did. Uh, so, uh, what what were the storylines? Uh, were Aston Villa excellent? Were United poor? Was it a combination uh, thereof? Let me know. I think... It was a lot more Villa were very good than United were very poor. Like I felt United had a lot of the game. They were still they were playing their way that they want to play. Like they were winning the ball a lot in their third, as they're known to do in under Ten Hag. But just there was no game plan in the last third. It was even Ten Hag when I said it. It was just it was just throwing the ball in the box, hoping Ronaldo's on the end of it. It just got there was no. It, it felt like they, they still had that kind of Ollie head in them. They still they still just to hope for the best type thing. And these are the, these games are going to happen. You get a new manager, you're going to have, like, I still think the best performance about this season against Spurs. There's going to be Spurs games, there's going to be these Villa games. There's going to be games where they're going to lose them like that. Every manager's done it when they've come in. You've just got to trust it. You know, it's going to be a situation, you know, Villa were very, very good. United were under par, I would say. I wouldn't say they were hugely poor. Uh, again, they missed, they missing, they missed Bruno. Van der Beek just doesn't do enough. Like Bruno will constantly press. Yeah, okay, he's very high risk, high reward. You know, he'll he'll throw passes left and right. They'll go out of play. He'll give it away. But he tries to put the ball through and etc. Whereas I felt like Donny didn't really do much. Lindelof, I just thought personally, people might disagree, but apart from the free kick, two of the goals, I think kind of his fault. First one, he trapped. Maybe his ten eyes asked him to do it, trap the player. But he's not even put a tackle in. He's just ran next to him for a bit and then he's left a massive hole. Third goal, he's ran... Ollie Watkins has ran from the halfway line all the way to the box. That, to me, is ridiculous. I, you, if he's got if he's got from the halfway line to the 30-yard point, you take a yellow card by then. You pull him down or you win the ball. You do either. But then people will always look at um, the... Obviously, who's marking Ramsey in the box? Well... You would think if a defend if a centre back is chasing this is this player's running at a centre back or running at a defender, he wouldn't need to run back all the way because he's going to win that ball. But he's not. He's just he's just followed him the whole way. So, and then yeah, there was a good and it was a good free kick. I mean, I've seen people mention that the wall wasn't in the right spot, but could grow up like it was a good free kick. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not too I'm not too concerned. I'm not going to dial too much into it because they weren't. I wouldn't say they was they lost for the first time since the first two games. They weren't as poor as them games, so I'm not too worried. But yeah, they were. Villa were just better. Fair enough. Obviously, the correct decision to bring in Unai Emery. He's a. He's a I think we were touching in the last podcast. I understand Aston Villa are a big club, but Unai Emery is a Champions League, you know, team level manager. So it's, and we'll get on to Wolves later, and and their new manager. But it's it's kind of outrageous the level of um. The level of manager that Premier League clubs are, are able to achieve. Aston Villa are what a most mid-table side, yeah. and, and they've got Unai Emery, who was managing Arsenal a few years, a few years would ago. Would you? Would you think? Do you think it's more the money that's in the Premier League and that's attracting them, or do you reckon it's actually the pull of the Premier League that the managers are willing to drop their kind of level of team they would manage? I'm sure. I'm sure money's a huge part of it yeah. because at the end of the day, it is a job. Um, yeah. But 
I, I think that there's probably also a profile case in that, you know, e e even if you're at a, you know, a Europa League club, let's say in, I don't know, Italy, uh, I, are you going to get more profile managing in the in the Europa League in Italy? That's just an example. Or a sort of like mid-table level club in the Premier League. If you succeed, I would argue probably the Premier League club. So it might be a status yeah. booster thing as well. But you said that the money is obviously also going to be a, yeah. a very yeah, good. Definitely. Uh, definitely as well and maybe it's like a, a test thing as when maybe just wants to because i feel like emery maybe emery feels like he's got something to prove in england because it didn't go that well with arsenal um yeah so maybe there's an element of that as well i just had one thing i want you a good summary of the united game i just, I just wanted to ask you one thing because you brought it up uh donny van der beek um what's happening there because i originally I felt sorry when he was signed. He was signed for a lot of money, was it? Was it 30 million, 40 million pounds? Uh, it was a decent uh, amount. In, in the middle, I think 35, I think yeah. it was. So, well, you yeah. know, a, a decent amount. Yeah. yeah. Um, and every single... He, numerous managers ha have have been at United whilst Van der Beek's been there. None of them have fancied him. Absolutely none of them. Even Ten Hag, who, correct me if I'm wrong, used van der beek at ajax so he should know the when when he was like you know a, seems a very good player so he should in theory know the player inside now even he doesn't fancy him uh so is is the van der beek of ajax is that player still alive or or what yeah i think i think there's a i'll be, I'll be quite lenient here he has been injured this season so that's okay. also a factor he hasn't been fit but uh, the problem you've got is he doesn't he doesn't offer what Ericsson can offer in midfield because what Ericsson can offer is that deep lying passing because Casemiro can't really do that as well. He can play good passes, but you, you see he gives it away quite a bit. But Ericsson can do that, and that's what Tenag wants. And that's also a bit of an issue is Ericsson's having to play ninety minutes, and he can't. He just can't. He's not. You know, he's a bit, he's too old to be doing that. He needs someone next. He needs someone quicker next to him, or he needs to be someone quicker. So that will be. It's only that's I think this is a short term. That's why I think that's why he wanted De Jong to play in that position. Because he's the same type of player, but also younger and he's more leggy. And I feel like Van der Beek's not good enough to do that job. But then Bruno's better than him at number 10. Mm -hmm. So he's not going to start games. And he's now fit. So he'll, I think he'll play a factor like in cut games. But I, he won't, I just don't think he'll get in the team. He's just not good enough to play. Like he did, a, I, just, I forgot he was on the pitch. He makes good runs off, you know, behind the lines. But he just doesn't. Like he doesn't, Bruno does frustrate me, and I think he frustrates a lot of people. But you know he can get assists, you know he can hit, you can hit the ball, and he'll play them passes through. Whereas Van der Beek, I just feel is like, okay, I'll, I'll play the short pass, I'll play the easy ball, and then move up. And it's like, no, you just you need more risk, and he just doesn't offer that. Yeah, I don't. Maybe it's the way that he played at um, Ajax helped him, but yeah, it just does don't feel like he's a he's the right player to fit at the moment. It's like a lot of players they're not coming at the right time. Fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah, it, I just I just thought it was interesting because he's yeah. had he's had he's had Oli, he's had Ranić, and now he's got a uh, ten. Hag. People of people of con like fans are constantly saying, no, you know, Don Donny should be playing, and it's like, well, he's not doing enough when he's playing. Yeah, he's been he's giving chances. Like he's started two games now. I forgot he was on the pitch against Sociedad, and I forgot he was on the pitch against Villa. So there he's obviously go. not doing enough. There you go. Speaking of doing enough, City did enough against Fulham. When they beat them 2-1. <laughs> that was a tenuous link. Uh, but yes, yeah, so uh, Man City beat Fulham 2-1 Premier League. Huge result in that. Um, 
City were down to 10 men for 70 minutes, or, or, or approximately, because there were five minutes extra time, so it was around 70 minutes, and they conceded a penalty. It was all going plain sailing for City. 1-0 up, early goal, no Holland on the bench. We've got Alvarez, who's a great player, by the way. I think he's going, I think, because of Holland, obviously, Alvarez has gone a little bit under the radar, but he is genuinely excellent. He's been re really impressed with this season. He scored a great goal. Shades of Aguero. Um, yeah, he scored a great goal, uh, and that should have been a normal day at the office. Uh, Cancelo... Did an uncharacteristic error. I know he made one against Liverpool as well, but in terms of his overall city career, it is an uncharacteristic error. And we'll touch on the refereeing. It was, it was an error. It was a penalty. It was a red card, in my opinion, sadly. Um, and 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 then, and then they converted. Uh, but then upstep big Erling Haaland in the 95th minute for the penalty we'll get onto the refereeing in a second. Uh, Gasky, the first thing I want to talk about before we talk about the uh, officiating is... If you come to the Etihad, then it's fair enough to camp, especially if you're newly promoted side, it's fa absolutely fair enough to camp, sit back, hope for a draw, absorb pressure, hit, hit, hit City on the counter, etc., etc. Do you not think it's a huge wasted opportunity that Fulham had 70 minutes where they're one up, where they're equal with City against 10 men and... City have a centre back at left back, and they have a centre back at right back, and they had a, and they were forced to play a defensive midfielder at centre back, and they have no full back threats because there's no Cancelo, there is no Walker, and Holland wasn't even on the pitch for most of the match. So I I, I feel like you're never really going to get a, a better chance to attack City, and Fulham ended up with less than thirty percent of the ball. Yeah, you're you're one all. And you're, okay, you've you've got what sixty minutes to go. It's a long time, but you want all. City are not going to create a lot if you're attacking. Like other teams have played against City and they've played good football this season. But you you think you would have thought when they were down ten men, Fulham will give them a bit of a go here. Especially like Fulham haven't been crap this season. They've been half decent. It's not it's not like you're playing Forest or you know Wolves who are you know teams that are struggling. You're playing someone who's mid table. You would think we'll, we'll go and we'll go and have a go, and they didn't even do that. They didn't even have a go, and that I think that that frustrated me. It's, it's the Premier League. Have a go, especially when you've got sixty minutes. Like I understand if it was seventieth minute, okay, yeah. because trying to survive twenty minutes, but you've got another sixty minutes to go. You're not going to last sixty minutes, okay? They almost did, but you know, again, end of the day, they didn't, did they? So it's not, they could have easily got a second goal and then City dropped points, but they just chose not to. Yeah, they, they had two... After the penalty, they had two more shots in the game. 70 minutes against 10 men. And, and one one shot on target, by the way, which was an embarrassing effort. It was just like some tepid effort from however long that Edison easily smothered. So realistically, you had one shot in 70 minutes against 10 men, a team which has no fullbacks, a team which has centre-backs at fullback and defensive mid at centre-back. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, look, Fulham could do what they want. I thought it was just a. If I was a Fulham fan, I'd be really annoyed. I, I think it was a. I think it was a huge wasted opportunity, uh, yeah. and and rightly they did. They they were punished for their poor play. Holland came on, uh, put the ball in the back of the net. Was marginally offside. I think it's like top of his shoulder was offside. Something very frustrating. It was a really. It would, that would have been another Kevin assist. But speaking of Kevin, he 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 got an FPL assist because he won. The penalty, which uh, which we will get into, Holland then converted. Wasn't actually the best penalty by Holland. Leno nearly saved it, uh, but it does mean that 
Haaland has a 95% penalty conversion rate. Won the game for City. Oh, you can tell he adores this club as well. It really knows when people are like, oh, you know Haaland's only using City for a stepping stone. Look at his celebration, man. He loves this club. No, no chance he's going to be here for two years and then dip. Like, no chance. Um, but anyway... Uh, you say, like, sorry, sorry. Just, just to stay on that. Yeah, yeah. About stepping stone club. It's not. It, it, like, you know, it isn't. He's he wants to. It's obvious to me that Haaland wants to kind of do what Ronaldo's done. He wants to go. He wants to go across all these big clubs and he wants to dominate Europe. That's what he wants to do. And yeah. he's joined the best team. He started with the best team in England, and he's already dominating this league. He'll okay. I do think he's going to go to Real Madrid, and he'll go and dominate Spain, and then he might go to might go to Bayern Munich. I don't know, and dominate Germany. He might do, but that's what he wants to do. Doesn't mean he's a stepping stone club. It means he's going to try and win everything at City, get them in the first Champions League, and then he's going to go and do it again. And that makes a great player. So, yeah, uh, yeah uh, people who think he's a stepping stone just need to get a life. <laughs> I know, yeah. But And, and also, just, just just lasting on that, he could have gone to Real Madrid. They, like, they offered him the same money as City did. He chose yeah. City. He literally could have gone. So, uh, yeah. anyway. Exactly. Anyway, uh, the refereeing decisions. Uh, we talked about the Cancelo one. Definitely, definitely a penalty. For, uh, for, in real time, I thought both were soft. But at the end of the day, and looking back on them, I thought both of them were definitely penalties. Gasky, discuss. Yeah, the, the first. I think the first one when you when you first watch the replay, when you think you think that's a soft penalty, but written rule is it is a penalty and it is a red card because he hasn't attempted the ball. If if he was to go down and try and hook the ball off him and miss the ball. He gets a yellow based on the rules because he's attempted to go for the ball. So maybe that's the only thing you could do differently is just be like, look, I'm probably going to give a penalty away here. Let's try and stay on the pitch rather than get sent off and get away with not giving a penalty away. Uh, is what it is, but that was correct. The City penalty, I think it was a soft, it is a soft penalty, but it is a penalty at the end of the day. The reason I say it's soft, I think it's one of them where if it's not given, VAR doesn't give it. And that's the only reason I think it's soft. As far as but yeah, I, I do think personally, I think it was a penalty. It was, it was yeah, like it was barely any contact, but again, this contact. Yeah, Pe a penalty is as a penalty does. And it was just, and that would have been the most undeserved point for Fulham, by the way. Uh, I, I thought, um, you know, cowardly, that's a strong word, uh, but it was a cowardly performance by them considering they had they had such a huge opportunity uh but yeah big win for city uh holland felt apparently said he felt really nervous before taking the penalty hence his poor relatively poor penalty but he got over it and yeah big big win uh for city especially with arsenal winning the day after uh another big win was liverpool getting their first away win of the premier league season spurs won liverpool two um eric dyer is an idiot um and it was shambolic uh and i'm so ha i'm so happy that he will be in the back three for england at the world cup can't wait to see him uh being a defensive idiot for england um spurs were really bad in the first half then much better in the second half uh i thought probably a draw would have been a fairer result um at the end, the reason why Liverpool were able to get a 2-0 lead was because of an individual moronic thing by Dyer. Uh, Perisic hit the post twice. I think the foot, I think the second one in particular should have been, should just should have been a goal. Um, mm. But you know, fine margins. Uh, but but eventually Liverpool. It was a very good finish as well by Harry Kane. Um, uh, so what do I even want to say here? So yeah, so Liverpool got the win, but Gasky, it wouldn't be a knobcast. Without us having a go 
at Trent. <laughs> Look at how happy you are, Tom. You need to go. You need to put a little tune in that's like Trent is shit at defending. <laughs> <laughs> or something out of here. Yes, obviously, big, obviously, congrats to Liverpool. They, they got the win. Uh, was it was it deserved win? I think a draw probably wouldn't have been a fairer result. Yeah. But there's not much else to dissect about the actual uh, game itself. I thought Darwin Nunez did well, by the way. I thought he had a very good game. Um, Trent, uh, it is. He's so bad at defending. It's genuinely hilarious at this point. It's actually like watching a baby um, defend. It's, yeah. it's, it blows my mind that he can be this. He can be this bad because you just thought by now that there's no way he doesn't know about all the criticism. You think he'd have like stepped up a gear, but yeah. there was just one moment in particular. I don't know if you know the moment I'm talking about. It's Perisic. He like outpaces him for a start, like thirty-three year old Perisic, brilliant. Gets out, gets outpaced, gets out muscled, and then Trent makes like two further mistakes in the same move, and then gives away a free kick. So, so he ends up making three errors in one phase. How is that even possible? Yeah. I just don't. It's. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be fair now. I'm gonna start with being a bit fair. I'm not. He is. He is. Right. This is. This is nothing to do with his defending. But I will be fair. He's very, very good at passing the ball. Like there is moments when he can pass the ball without even like taking a touch and just ping it, pinpoint. And, he, and it is amazing to see. Very, very good. And he's very good at set pieces and all that going forward. But he's right back. He's a right back as part one, and that and then he plays in defence. So that's your priority. I feel it's too late to move him because he's played that. Even though he's young, he's played that many games. You can't be like, right, can we merge him anywhere else? Can we get him into a right mid or something like that? No, it's too late because he's played that. He's played that much at right back. But yeah, it's just it must. It, it was the last for me. It was the end of the game. Where is he going? Oh my God, yeah. You're in. You're in the ninety. What is it? Like ninety fourth minute. You Tottenham are all over you, and you're thinking, let's go and get a third goal. And he's and your right back has run off. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's like you've pressed right. Bring your feet into this now. You've right. pressed the pass and move button by accident, and yeah. you've fullbacks legged it. And it's like, oh shit, what have I done? You know, yeah. and it's just what, what 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 goes through your head to do that? Genuinely, and and that instead you talk about the commentators were like, "What's Trent doing?" And Hend and Henderson was screaming at him, going, "What are you doing, mate? Get back and defend!" It's oh. like, what are you doing? Well, again, this comes back to a, a past Grindsgaski's gears moment Classic. about English media. There is not enough criticism of him in my opinion. There's more criticism about Martinez's height than there is at Trent's defending. And one of them you can change and one of them you can't. It's not down to him. It's just genes, isn't it? But I just... There needs to be more of luck. He needs to sort his defending out. He does. Yeah. But I feel like he's that good at passing the ball and he's and he's good at going forward that you just pretend he's, you know, he doesn't need to defend. It's fine. But Liverpool are not good enough at the back this season so, he, so he's being found out. Mm-hmm. And and from an England point of view, England are not good enough, so he can't really play. So he really, for me, is is he good enough? No. Like if you if you could get a good, it's one of those where if your rest of your def, like for example, if Fabinho was playing well, because Fabinho's been very poor as well, and both of your centre backs are playing well, this is probably this is probably why the last couple of years no one's noticed it as much because they've been that good. It's kind of, you know, disguised how poor he is at defending. But the whole team's been figuring out now. He's figuring out how actually bad he is. And he was really bad in that. I'm sorry. He he gave away a penalty. I don't care. That's 100% a penalty. There was a chance. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. The penalty. Like, 
it's for me that I've seen you see a lot of them incidents where the player's gone down the byline and he's been pushed over. But I feel like the referees too often think the player's just gone down because he's lost control. But for me, it's even if you watch the replay, it's a shove. Blatant. It's a, it's a complete shove. It's like and it's like that, isn't it? It's like what are you it, doing? Even yeah, Graham Sooner said it was. It's what Cancelo did. There's no different. But because Cancelo did it in a, when the player's in a shooting position. That's the, oh, just, I don't get it. Well, Again, it's consistency, isn't it? Well, here, here's a fun fact about that. So, something I didn't talk about in the City game, I did talk about it in my matchday vlog. Even though the two key decisions were correct, the overall refereeing was shambolic um, in that game. Terrible. You won't have seen it on match of the day because it won't get, make a highlights package, but yellow card decisions, fouls, little things like that, but which add up and frustrate a home crowd, obviously. He was terrible. Uh, Darren England, I think he was called. Who was on the VAR in the Spurs Liverpool game? It, it, I think I heard. Is, was it the same one that was in the City Liverpool game? Was yes, it? It, Darren yeah. England. It was Darren England. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So, so, so the main referee in the City game, who was awful throughout, was also on so, VAR in that game. Right, so, so he, so the same guy gave the Cancelo one, but didn't give the Trent one. And I appreciate the Cancelo one is more it's more obvious, it is well, more blatant. It's more central. But, and it's more central, yeah, but, but that, it's the same thing. It's the same principle. It, it, it should have been the same end result. And if you're a Spurs fan, I think you can genuinely feel aggrieved because maybe Trent should have got sent... Because he wasn't trying to play the, play the ball. So if that's given, it's a red card, isn't it? Because he's not he's not playing the ball. If, if that's the law of the game... I, I feel... I, I do, I get that. But I do feel it's not... He's in a more. He's not under full control of the ball, and it's not in a shooting position okay. enough. But it's but at least I a penalty, isn't why, yeah. it? Oh no, it's definitely a penalty yeah. on the yellow card. Easily. So, so if you're a Spurs fan, I think you can genuinely feel aggrieved that you know you, you should have had a penalty. Um, I, I, as I say, I thought a draw would have been a fair result. Uh, not that Liverpool winning is an unfair result. I just thought a draw would have been a fair result. Yeah. Uh, and but maybe now we can stop seeing uh, mental Liverpool fans complaining that there's this conspiracy for the referees out to get Liverpool and that they're always being targeted and they never get the right results and yeah. blah, blah, blah. it's like uh, where are those people now uh, is, is my question yeah. uh, but, but there we go and, uh, and just one more thing on that game as yeah, well yeah. Spurs need to start playing like that in the first half because every game in the first half they're just shit and they yeah. let teams come at them they go behind when they, it's clear look how they can play and there's one player that's changed that team and he's come back from injury and it's cool as cool. I was going to say cool as soon yeah. as he came on the pitch he changes the game you can't rely on one player also, sorry, just the last thing I want to say. Um, Gasky, did, fun fact, did you know that there is a right-back slash right-wing-back in the Premier League who is worse at defending and just general play than Trent Alexander-Arnold? Did you know that? No, but I know where it's coming from. Is it Emerson Royale? It bloody is. <laughs> oh, my God, he's so bad. Have you heard, have you heard the Tottenham chant? Uh, no. Now they have a chant that say he can't defend, he can't attack Emerson Royale, he's our right back. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a chant. That I'm sorry, be... but if you hear that chant, you must think. That must be so demoralising, man. <laughs> it must, I it mean, must, because but... he's not, he's not good. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, look, and I, I haven't seen enough of Spurs, maybe Do maybe Doherty, maybe Spence aren't performing well when they are playing. I thought Doherty played well when he came on. Mm. Uh, Emerson's got to stop playing because he can't do it. He's just so bad. He's just... He's a, he's a terrible player. That 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 no look pass miss against a was it a Marseille or someone? I can't remember. It was embarrassing oh, yeah. either way. It is. It is. But yeah, uh, that was a uh, Spurs one, Liverpool two. Huge result and win for Liverpool. As I say, I thought Darwin Nunez played really well as well. Salah amongst the goals. 
capitalizing on Spurs being sloppy defensively, in particular Eric Dyer, who will be sloppy at the World Cup, I'm sure. In terms of the other results, uh, Leeds with a big comeback against Bournemouth. They won 4-3. Bournemouth are creeping slowly down and down and down towards the relegation zone. They're only a few points above the relegation zone now, Gasky. It's like they got to the top half and thought, we shouldn't be here. <laughs> we know our place. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then conversely, Leeds, who were also in danger of dropping down, that's a big three points for them and exactly. a big, mm. big, could, could be Waved a huge boost. on the way past. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, West Ham won, Palace 2, uh, story of West Ham's season. Uh, uh, very unlucky in respect of uh, uh, deflections in this game, deflected goals. Um I, th I think you can feel aggrieved if you're a West Ham fan, to be honest. Uh, Palace, uh, can't, can't, like, I haven't really been able to nail down what I think of Palace this season. They've been a bit hot and cold. At times. Like they've been they've been your typical mid, just, we're just there. We're yeah. in the league. Exactly. I, I guess that's, yeah. the, that's the definition of a mid-table team, yeah. isn't it? Hot, yeah. cold, yeah. you know, ends up being that. Uh, Southampton 1, Newcastle 4. Um, now, this this match had, uh, just just quickly touching touch on the match very, uh, very quickly, um, didn't watch in full. I did, did uh, read some analysis on it. And what's funny is that from a, if you know the term, I've been FM'd, I've been football manager, that means that you don't, it means you had more XG, you had more possession, you had more shots, more chances created, more attacking threats, more expected threats, more et cetera, et cetera. Southampton had all of that, but they're only able to score one goal compared to Newcastle's four. Maybe that's down. And that, and, and that one goal came out of absolutely nothing. <laughs> exactly. Well. Uh, so, yeah. but ultimately did mean that Hassan Hootel. He's either he's either sacked or he's almost definitely going to be sacked now. It's basically confirmed. Um, is that the right? No, I think he's, he's no. He's been confirmed. He has been. It's been confirmed. Today. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think he's a good manager, uh, Gasky. Uh, what yeah. do you think? Is that, I, is that I the agree. right decision? Uh, I, I think he's been. He's had enough time. Uh, people are just people. I think they've spread seeds. I think it was. I think it might have been Michael Owen who said like it's the completely wrong decision. But I'm like, it's not. He's had. He's been there for a long time, and they've got absolutely nowhere. So I think they have a right to decide they want change. And I mean, he, I feel like his philosophy is like transfers and stuff is good. Like he, he brought in that um, that guy from Germany, didn't he? That 18, I think he's like 18 year old. He was very, very good at centre-back. Um, and he brings in a lot of younger players. Like he got that, that City goalkeeper, didn't he? And he's good, you know, he's building a young team up, which is cool. But you've had loads of time. And you've yeah. and you've you've given him so many nine nils. It's like oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. you're still there. Um, but again, Newcastle, they're, that, they're a rash, aren't they? They're a rash. They're, they're so there. Good. They're not going anywhere. They're there. They're there now. And Almiron's made me look a right mug. Gasky did a Grealish by having a go at Almiron at the start of the season. And he, he... Well, to be fair, he was shit in that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be fair, uh, yeah, you are you are crap. I think yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms of the uh, yes, Newcastle in absolute bits. Uh, other games: Everton losing against Leicester two nil. Uh, screamer from uh, Tillemans. Uh, Forest drawing against Brentford two all. Uh, and Wolves losing against uh, the mighty Brighton at home uh, two three uh, three two to Brighton. Sorry, and uh, Lopetegui has been confirmed as the new manager, formerly of Spain, I believe, also very briefly of Real Madrid. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. This is this is the guy that Spain sacked just before the World Cup, wasn't it? Yes, because was it, oh, is he the one that came in? What, what one or one or the other? But I'm sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I, there's definitely a Real Madrid situation there. But as we talked yes. about with the Aston Villa Emery situation, it's another big. It's a 
There's some pull there, isn't there? Yeah. There's some pull. It's, it's, it is a bit mad, the quality of the manager that we have in this league. Obviously, we've got Pep and Klopp and, you know, Ten Hag, uh, Arteta, even towards the, the, the lower ends now, we've got uh, Emery and now uh, uh, Lopetegui yeah. and also Eddie Howe at, at Newcastle. Um, yeah, uh, absolute scenes. Uh, Brighton, my team, uh, 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 getting the win there. Uh, but yes, guys, that is uh, the roundup thoughts of uh, this week's action. It's all here and it's all football, all the football, all the time. We're going to do a mini game now. As you will have heard on the last podcast, we're going to rotate the mini games. So it's Gasky's turn this week. We're doing guess the career path. I think you've got three names for me. The basic premises. You give me the players, clubs he's played at. I've got to try to guess who it is. I will, yes. And I've got to, I've got three for you. I've got a, what I would consider easy, medium, hard. You might say, you might disagree and you might kick off at me, but it's what it is. Okay. So let's go. We're going to start with the easy one. So okay. this is this player's career path. Right. Started at Birmingham City. Okay. Went to, then he went to Leicester. God, okay. Then went to Bayer Leverkusen. And then went to Everton. Okay. Um. Oh, is it? No. Are they, am I allowed to know if they're still playing? Yes, they are still playing. That's so, the one question you can have: is if they're retired, are still playing? Okay, they are still playing. So, so they're still playing. They're still at Everton. Who on earth did? My, my my first instinct was. Now, when you say career path, this could be loans, couldn't it? Uh, I'll give you that one as well. I'll be fair, I'll give you that one as well. There's no loans. These are all permanent. Oh God, I was thinking Luckman because I thought I think he went to Germany. He's but, I can't remember where he's at. He's a I think he's a he's at Atlanta now, I think. Oh is it? Oh I never mind. Yeah. It's not not him then. Oh my word. Um I have so he's obviously. I mean if he starts in Birmingham, Birmingham, he's obviously English. I've no idea who was at Leverkusen. Only briefly. Oh, maybe that's a bit of a red herring then. Uh oh my gosh. I have if you if you were to think Leicester to Everton and pretend Leverkusen wasn't there, you could probably maybe figure it out. Leicester to Everton. Oh, I mean, like to ask one more question: Is he like a regular, regular starter? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he played. He played a lot last season. I definitely know that, and I've seen him. He has played this season. Oh, uh, is it Harvey Barnes? No, he plays for Leicester. What am I talking he's at, he's about? Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, me, no, I, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, you have the you have the position. Saying Harvey Barnes. Okay. Um. So he's a winger. This is worrying. This is this is. I felt this was the easy one. Oh god, <laughs> I'm so bad, man. No, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's a Damari Gray. I, I no, no, I forgot he. Ex- I'm so sorry. I forgot he existed. Can't lie. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh Edmonton yeah. Fans who watch this podcast now are gonna have their pitch marks out. How <gasps> dare you? <laughs> oh yeah, I, in fact, now, oh god, yeah, he did go to leave. Yeah, yeah was that Levy Houston for like and a season? For, wasn't and they signed him for like a million, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, in that Rafa, <laughs> in the Rafa Benitez season. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I, so, so that was the easy this, one. <laughs> this is what I think is a medium one. And you might be better at these ones, right? Okay. So this player is retired. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah. So Ajax. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. Then AC Milan. Okay. Then Barcelona. Oh, God. Okay. Then Newcastle. Then oh. Valencia. Newcastle. Then PSV. Right. Then Lille. Right, so, and they're retired. Right, so they're obviously 
Oh, no, maybe not. Obviously, I'm going to assume they're Dutch. Leo. The Newcastle one is throwing me off. That's the thing. I don't know the era either. That's the upsetting thing. I mean, I mean, to be fair, I gave you a few questions on the thing you want. You can ask a couple if oh, you want. Oh, God. Okay. Uh... Do, do, I, do, I'll give you the primary team. So they played their most games at Barcelona. God. And they were they were they only played 25 games for Newcastle very oh. briefly. Oh, God. Um, are, they, are they a noughties player? They so their first season is 1994 and they retired in 2008. Oh, if they barely oh, I've not Ajax, Barca, Ajax, Barca, Newcastle, Valencia. Oh my god, I am. It's, I would say it's the first three that you should be looking at. The I'm, rest of them, are like I didn't even know he played for the last three. Was Ajax, Barca, Newcastle? Yeah. Ajax, he went to Ajax, from Ajax to Milan. Milan oh, to Milan. Barcelona. Sorry, I, I wrote out Barca, Barca twice for some reason. Yeah, AC Milan. AC Milan. No, I'm not going to get it. No idea. No. Patrick Clivert. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hate everything. This is the hard one. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember him at Newcastle, you know. I can't remember that. That's really bad. I, I yeah, 2004, 2005, you played oh, like 20, 20 times. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can't remember that flipping that. Right, yeah. yeah. So this is the brilliant, right? Okay. Right, so this is the hard one. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if you get this one off the bat, right? And this oh person's God. also retired. Right, okay. Okay. Bloody so, hell. started their career at Hednesford Town. No, don't even know what that is. Uh, then went to Stockport County. Okay, still, still doesn't help me. He then went to Swansea City. Okay. He spent most of his career at Swansea. Right. Then went to Everton. Right. Then went to Stoke on loan. Right. And then went to Bristol City. God. Swansea. And I'll give you... Swansea was his primarily part of his career. The primary club was Swansea. And is he a tens player? Yes. I would, yes, yes, yes. Like, late not his early tens. God, I, I feel like... I feel like I should definitely be able to get this, and yet... You and, should. And yet, I don't think I'm going to, to be honest. Because I'm so... I'm such a, a moron. Uh, okay, let's let's even get you on. I'll give you the position. <laughs> he's a centre-back. And, oh, and he's retired. Oh, I say he was retired. William, Ashley Williams. Yes, yeah. he's done it! <laughs> he's done it! <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus, I'm so bad, man. But there we it's go. It's tough when you're on the spot. <laughs> it's tough, yeah. It, it's it's, it is. it's it tough, is. yeah, because I can't even think what nationality, what position, what da da da. Uh, but yes, there we go. Thank you, thank you for helping me with that. <laughs> there we go. That was Williams. I'm hoping we get to a point where there'll be no questions and you'll just know. But yeah. I've also Fat I've also chance. noticed though when I do these on TikTok when other like other podcasts and stuff do it, seeing the badges for some reason helps my brain. It's weird. Right. Okay. I'm, we, might, we might need to come up with some sort of graphic there. Yeah. yeah so. uh, for that to for that to happen. But there we go. That's me uh, attempting and let's be honest, failing at uh, guess <laughs> the career path. Every football team will be playing football several times and in various combinations. Let's get into the main topic. The Champions League draw happened today. Some really tasty fixtures. Um, some of the. We don't even really need to talk about that much. RB Leipzig versus City. City should be winning that comfortably. Frankfurt, Napoli. Napoli should be winning that quite comfortably. But apart from that, the rest are fair game for me. Maybe you could say Bruges, Benfica. Benfica should be winning it. 
But we've got some really interesting fixtures here. Liverpool-Real Madrid, the, the last year's final. AC Milan-Spurs, that's tasty. Dortmund-Chelsea, but even, even that's really interesting. Inter-Porto, not the sexiest, but I, I could see that going either way. And PSG-Bayern Munich. I mean, from a Man City perspective, um, this is I, I could not really have asked for a more perfect draw because City have one of the weaker sides in the competition, whilst... Two of Bayern, PSG, Liverpool, Real Madrid are getting eliminated, um, which is a little bit mad. Uh, so, Gas, give me a, give me a, your sort of initial thoughts on that draw. Um, what like what do you think is going to be the most exciting game, and how do you see that draw uh, sort of going out? Are we going to have any shocks? Um, and how how do you see the English teams performing? Yeah, I think I think the Liverpool Madrid game for me will be I think one of the that and obviously the PSG Bayern game are the two standout ones, and I think they will be the most exciting matches. Real, you know, Real Madrid are Real Madrid. They're always going to be there in the Champions League. Liverpool, are they getting better and better? We'll see. Uh, be a game. PSG Bayern, you know, will Messi haunt them again? You know, be interesting to see. You know, Bayern looking a bit different. Aren't they signing a few players, you know, different players in there now. So that'll be an interesting game. Milan Tottenham, like you said, that's a very, very tasty tie. You know, both, I'd say, a similar level. Maybe Milan's. Ed I think Milan are going to edge that one. Uh, Chelsea Tottenham. Um, it's just I Chelsea, can't see Chelsea winning any games. Chelsea Dortmund. Chelsea. That's what I meant. Chelsea Dortmund. <laughs> I think Dortmund will edge that Ooh, one. Oh, okay. For example, yeah. Interesting. And yeah, I think it's for from a City perspective because I think City are favourites. That is perfect in a way. Genuinely, because yeah, because if let's say when they do the quarterfinal draw, if if we're going to say City go through, which they should. They could potentially get a, a waltz to the final, really, if they can avoid these big teams. Yeah, you never so, know. I mean, ev yeah. eventually, in theory, you've got to play at least one bigger team. You'd like to think so, but yeah. it's, it's, if you could ask me, would you rather? Because I'd say, you know, excluding City, who are sort of like the four main favourites, I probably would put Liverpool, Real Madrid, PSG, Bayern in that four. If we're excluding City, oh yeah, oh definitely. So I, I think for me, it would be the top three would be. City, PSG, Bayern, well, City, Bayern, Real Madrid, PSG, like you said. Yeah. And two of them are going. Exactly. <laughs> so, and then if you can avoid, and you can avoid the other, the winners, if they were to get each other. So, for example, if Real Madrid to beat Liverpool and Bayern beat PSG and they Real Madrid Bayern in the quarters, City, I'm sorry, but you have to win it. That's your, <laughs> that's your chance. Yeah, so. so it's, all, it's, all, uh, it's all falling in line for City. Is it potentially, uh, can I see an upset? Um... Maybe, maybe Bruges can beat Benfica, for example. Uh, but yeah. the, way, the way I see it is, I think City will go through. I think Benfica will go through. I think Real Madrid will go through. I think Spurs will go through. I think Napoli will go through. I still, I still think Chelsea will go through. I, th I think it's after the World Cup. I think Potter will have sorted himself out by then. I think there might just be too much over two legs for Dortmund. Yeah. Um, I do still think Inter will go through, and I do, I don't, and I th the PSG Bayern game. I think the Bayern are going to pump PSG. To be honest, uh, I know a lot's been mm. made of me and my uh, sort of how I don't really rate PSG, and I do think that against look, they couldn't beat they couldn't beat Benfica in two games. They couldn't top their group, um, so I, I'd be staggered if they beat uh, yeah. they were able to get past Bayern Munich, um, bar any significant uh, injuries. Uh, yeah. I think with each draw, if you got, if you were, I think it's fair to go off the how teams have formed in the groups. Like Chelsea made it look. I mean, apart from he's just Zagreb for some reason, they just <laughs> couldn't deal with them. But they just made mincemeat of Milan. 
and yeah. it makes you think Tottenham will beat them, but then Tottenham kind of stumbled through their group, didn't they? So that would be an interesting game. But ben, I think Benfica is starting to like a force, aren't they? Really, the last last couple of years, even even losing their number nine striker, yeah. they're just they're just just go and find someone else in the academy and put them in, yeah. and it's they're looking like a good force. Napoli are just animals at the moment as well. They yeah. really are. Oh, see the one blip against Liverpool, but apart from that. Yeah, and they've obviously got yeah. a, a favourable draw. We won't know the tournament tree mm. until the next round. It's going to be a yeah. while. It's going to be after the World Cup. I think it's February and March these games are played. So uh, we will be waiting a while for it. Um, do, do, does this draw strengthen? Because I, I believe that you said City are going to win the Champions League. Yeah. So does this draw just strengthen your resolve in that respect? Yeah. yeah. I, I, this, this, I think this doesn't make me look like a mug yet. I yet. think, um, yeah, yet. Um, and then based on how when the tree gets comes out next round, because I do think City will go for against Leipzig, uh, that will then I'll be able to see how conf- if I'm more confident because, like, like I said, two of them big teams are going, and if they're on the other side of the draw from them, they get to the final. It's ninety minutes away from winning it, which I mean, they were to Chelsea and then they completely bottled it. But you never know, do you? You so- never know. Indeed, indeed. And we'll briefly touch on the uh, just what w- one one draw from the Europa League. Uh, Manchester United getting Barcelona. Mm. Uh, it's as uh, I predicted. <laughs> well, the, 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 listen, just, just before just before we touch on that, I, I am sort of happy that the teams that couldn't top their group have been punished in a way. So, for example, PSG didn't top their group. They've been given Bayern Munich. Liverpool didn't top their group. They've been given Real Madrid. Uh, United, I know it was yeah. con- controversial in terms of the first game, but they didn't top their group. They've been given Barcelona. So I'm a bit happy that t- teams that didn't top their group uh, di- have got a harder time. Because in theory, yeah. that's what's supposed to happen, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I, I still don't think it's fair that uh, if you finish third in your Champions League group, you get another chance at winning European silverware. I don't think that's fair. I think you get knocked uh, out you, immediately. Right, if you finish third, I'm sorry, you finished third out of four. How can you go? Here's another chance for you to go and get back in the Champions League next season if you're crap in the league all season. Yeah, I think that's ridiculous. Whereas it's one of those where if you win the Europe, if you win your Europa League group, I think it's more fair to let them have a chance to get in the Champions League. <laughs> it shouldn't, but I think that would be more fair. For example, the Sociedad to play um, whoever finished second in the Champions League group, for example, to get in the Champions League. But I, I wouldn't like to see that either. But that would be more fair. But yeah, um, but again, I, I predicted that would happen because it just seems to. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to say rigged. I'm not. I'm not. I, I was. I was joking to you earlier, but I'm not going to say. It, but it just happens a lot. It really does. Like how how often? Like if you, I'm, I'm not amazing at maths when it comes to probability. Certain draws just happen too often, and it just makes me think like, how <laughs> how does it happen so often? Everyone said that would be the draw, and mm. it is so. Uh, it's just one of them, isn't it? It's one of them. Mm. So my sort of thoughts on that is, uh, not having to go at you because you said yourself it's not not necessarily drawn uh, rigged. Sorry, lots of people mm. have said it's rigged, uh, and lots of people do think it is rigged. Um, what I would say to that is, how many people do you think that they'd have to bribe to keep quiet? Because because oh. they'd have to bribe every single individual picker of the balls, wouldn't they? In order, for, in, if we're to yeah. assume that a rigged system exists, 
obviously the UEFA people, you know, the, the Italian guy that comes out, the gray hair, obviously he's on the payroll of, a, of this uh, conspiracy. But they all they they always get a different picker of the ball. Sometimes it's like four yeah. on the on the on the thing at once, and they're all like ex professionals and stuff. And it's always a different person each year. So how many people are in on this conspiracy? It's got to be in the hundreds right now, and we haven't heard any of them come out and say, "Oh, oh BT Dubs, this is rigged." Oh yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, uh, I just it's, it's not me saying it's rigged or anything, but I just think like it's such a simplified system in the modern day that. There's certain things that could change that could kind of just be like, oh, look, it's not. Like, when you watch the draw, they pick the balls up, don't they, that the team can play, and they put it in another see-through thing so you can see them mix it up. But I think the people, what the people are complaining about on this draw, for example, is I think it's Alton Geary who was picking the balls, has basically watched the guy pick the balls up so he can watch the ball as it's going along. Do you know what I mean? So he, in his head, he could be like, oh, Barca United would be quite a good draw. He can technically he can watch that ball, know which ball's which, go all the way across, and then he can mix it up and he knows which ball it is. That's to me there's a slight problem where it's like hiding or something. I don't know. You know, it's like he can actually watch it, so it's he kind of has a decision in a way, if that makes sense. So you know, rather than when you do an FA Cup draw, I know it's different Champions League because you can't play against the same country, you know, for team from the same country. But you know, it's a black bag. You put your hand in, you pluck a number out. Look, can't be rigged. Not a chance, so unless you weigh the balls, but then that's just people who are just going to be absolute losers and think, no, nope, yeah, that ball was heavier. So I Chelsea play City this week. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there a conspiracy? No, there isn't. Uh, not, no. Not, not for me anyway. Uh, but there is something else which has really angered Gasky. It is impossible Ooh. to keep track of all the football, but your best chance is here. I alluded to it earlier, the fact that there was so. This is such an action-packed. I mean, this this is a particularly long podcast because of all the in interesting games and all the other stuff that's happened. Um, but there were lots of interesting games. Like in a normal podcast, we would have talked about you know Leeds for Bournemouth three for a long time, the Newcastle game for a long time, the Brighton game for a long time. But there was such an action-packed weekend of football gasket, and we barely got to watch any of it. Hooray! It's um, absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> in case you don't know, we're talking about somehow. Uh, there is a blackout rule in in England uh, for football. No, it doesn't just apply to English football; all football. So you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't watch a Spanish game in England, which is taking place at the same time. It's all football. Um, I actually did a video about it like last year or something. You can go watch if you want to, to understand the history of it. But very very briefly, the basic premise: it was it came up it came out uh, as a rule decades ago because there was a worry that uh, the introduction of TV broadcasting would take people away from. Uh, IRL attendances. So the idea was that we need to safeguard the lower leagues uh, and just the football attendance in general by doing this blackout rule. Uh, and that was the idea, the general uh, gist of uh, the idea. But that was a rule which came out dec literally decades ago um, and England still uses it as a rule. And Gasky, this is what has ground your gears this week. It is. It is. Because it comes it come to Saturday and no lunch tank kickoff as there normally is on a Saturday. All the, apart from which game was on at half five, there was one game, but everything else was on at three o'clock and you couldn't watch any of them. You know, all, all you could do is watch match of the day. You can't watch, you can't pick any championship games that's who you support or, yeah, like I said, foreign matches. And I just thought, what's the point? You know, people are arguing, saying we should be going down, should be going down to watch them then and stuff. So, well, one, well, I think about it at the moment, can't afford it. Most people can't. Uh, some people might support teams where they don't really live anymore, potentially, so they can't really go to the game. Whereas I'm, I'm a avid fan of NFL, 
American football. And there, you pay, you pay. I think it's like seven ninety nine a month. Pick what game you want to watch. Oh, you can watch your equivalent to uh, like Soccer Saturday, where you get updates for all the scores, and you watch and you watch all the goals as they go in. But why in this in this day and age, the biggest league in the world, can the people in the country not watch the games? It is quite funny, isn't it, that people in another country can watch games played in England, but the English people can't unless they're in the stadium. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, it really is. What I so here here are the so I've thought about this a lot, and apparently they're going to trial it next year with championship games. I believe the BBC is going to have every single championship game available for viewing. So uh, apparently. They are ditching the blackout rule for the championship, I, I think, next season as, as a trial. But then, you'll know this more than me. You know this stuff more than me. So why, when Prime have it, can they have all the games on? Prime don't have it on a weekend, though, do they? Uh, they have it uh, They have it midweek, but then also, if it's not with Prime, the other broadcasters don't have them all the games. And these championship games on midweek as well, sometimes. I think when the Prime have had it. So why, what's the difference? So, I just don't, I mean, I don't I mean, get it. I mean, I mean, sometimes they just choose to not broadcast matches. Mm. That's the thing. Like, a, a lot of the yeah. times they will have the rights to broadcast a match, but they'll just be like, no, we're not, we're yeah. not even going to bother broadcasting that one. Okay, I understand if um, like, there's a certain fixture on because you want to get everyone watching that big game. But mm. I feel like Saturday, 3 p.m., is like, it's like football time. Get it, yeah. get it on TV. Yeah, exactly. And what... So the... So I've 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 had um like like debates about this with people online and in like my YouTube comment section on that video that sort of thing. So the general premise of it is I don't I don't agree with this, but the argument is if if the blackout rule didn't exist, then that would detriment like lower league slash and or non league uh, attendances because the idea is that Gasky, you're, I don't know, let's say that you live in Salford, for, let's say, the idea is that, oh, you can't watch Manchester United at 3pm, uh, therefore you will go physically to go watch Salford City, because uh, they're, they're playing at home. And the idea is that you will then contribute to a lower league team, um, and that helps support uh, the lower league. I would love to know what the percentage of people who solely go to a non-league slash lower league team, which they don't support just because their team isn't available to watch on TV legitimately. And I say legitimately because this is important now because the, the, the rule came out decades ago. We now lived an era of online streaming and piracy is very easy to achieve, um, you know, you know with, with minimal risk. So for example, so here is the scenario. I, I'm, a, I'm a football fan. I've, you know, my Premier League team isn't on TV, so I've got, I've got, I've got some options. Do I do nothing? Just like I will watch a match a day later. I don't care. I just catch up later. Do I two? Just like keep an eye on it on, on my phone. You know, like with the score updates. Do I three? Listen to it on the radio and just like you know uh, uh, that. Uh, do I four? Um, watch what is that Gillette Super Super Saturday, Saturday yeah. where they do score updates and you know that's a way to stay updated on all the games. Do I five um, illegally stream it myself, which is very easy to do. You just like you know you you can Google whatever. Don't don't do it, but you can do it very very easily. It's really easy to find free streams online which show the game. Or do I six? Um, sorry, sorry. Do, do I yeah? Do I six? buy a vpn 
um and get like a foreign net so do i like you know get be in sports on my pc or, or, or on my um tv or whatever to watch that legitimately or do i go to a pub which is showing the game anyway either legitimately or not so there are, i've got like seven options there or the eighth but option do i to go and watch some random club yeah, on your phone exactly do, does does gasky so we use you in this scenario does gasky who is a united fan go down to salford city and a, a a lower league team which he has no affiliation or care for in a cost of living crisis who are these people who are allegedly doing this? I, I guarantee it's a, a minute number. So I really question the logic and arguments that get rid of the blackout rule, you detriment the lower league attendance. There is zero evidence of this. Here's the thing. There is zero because because it's never happened before. So these people are assuming it's going to happen, but it has never happened. Germany is the closest example where they have uh, no no blackout rule. Uh, and, and they do have a, a low league football, etc. Et but it works fine for them. That's the, that's the closest example we can and get to. Ger Germany arguably have the best like atmosphere as well, and they have the best so, sort of like like fat fan connections with with the yeah, teams as well. Yeah, so yeah. so I don't really buy it as an argument. There is zero evidence of it. As as I mentioned before, you can go to the pub, you can listen to it on the radio, you can illegally stream it yourself, you can just watch Soccer Saturday, you can get score updates, you can do all these other things, or, I'll, as I say, I'll go watch a non-league team I don't actually really yeah. care about. Do you, do you think it's more people who support Prem teams than others? Because you're saying they're trialling it next season with Championship teams. I can't see that people going oh it's on tv i'm not going to travel they're still going to go yeah you know they're still going to go to the games do you think it's more premier league fans like people who let's say for example like you said for me for example who, if i was in salford or someone elsewhere they might go oh yeah okay oh it's on tv now that game no point in me going now to go i usually you know i could have gone to go and watch reading for example but it's on tv i don't need to yeah, I, I i i just don't yeah i don't i don't know where the data is just from it from an anecdotal yeah. perspective the attendance of the Etihad, uh, you know, for a 3 p.m. Saturday Saturday game is no better than the attendance if the if the game was on TV at half five. The, the same people, I think the same people would be there. It, it would make a difference. Yeah. They still go. It's it's it, for for me. It's uh, I think what should happen is because obviously I do, I do think that lower league football should be protected and stuff, and there should be enough funding in it and stuff. You know, I don't want to come across as oh I hate the lower leagues and it should all be about the Premier League. And all that. No, no. If for whatever reason there is a detrimental impact then what I think should happen is that the extra money you would get from broadcasting the extra games, because here's the thing, if you broadcast more games, which would happen if you didn't have a blackout rule, you would get more money from advertisers. Use that money and give it to the lower league sides. If, if, yeah, if... Let, that. Let, let's say... A certain percentage. Yeah, let's say worst case scenario that, I don't know, uh, Oldham, it's like, oh, well, since the blackout rule, our attendance has gone down 50%, therefore we're losing X amount of income. Be like, okay, well, here's a, here's the subsidy that we're you forced the Premier League uh, to give a subsidy in, fr from the extra money they're getting from the broadcast revenue to do it because it, it's not it shouldn't the actual physical attendance shouldn't really matter. It's sure it's about the existence and survival of the, uh, survival of the clubs, which can be achieved if you give them basically the donation saying, sorry, we took away some of your fans. Here's here's the money to compensate you, and that's like an annual thing, so they don't yeah. actually lose anything. Um, so yeah, so that's my thoughts on it, Gasky. Do you relatively agree? Yeah, it's a, it's obviously a very, very old-fashioned system. We've got that needs to go. Simple as that. But yeah, very outdated. Scrap the three PM blackout rule. It's highly.
fraudulent St. Nobbins and Gasky. There we go. It will never be finally decided who has won the football. We have some questions from my noblets on Patreon. Thank you guys so much for supporting the Patreon. A very quick one from KX. Thoughts on Maltesers? Uh, solid S tier, I would say. Oh, wow. Solid S tier. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know Maltesers. And very quick... I mean, they're quite dull. They're quite basic, but I think S tier. I love chocolate and I love Maltesers. And how do you eat them? Obviously, by putting them in your mouth, but some people like suck off all the chocolate. Some people just throw them in. What do it's... you do? Just eat them. Just start to suck the chocolate off. That's what I do. That's what I do. But but some people do that, don't they? Because they're freaks. And also, can we agree that the Maltesers in the celebration are the best ones? Yes. Yes, we can. Yes. Uh, thank, thank you. Good. Good job. Otherwise, that would have been an extra hour on the podcast. <laughs> Lucas asks, if you weren't allowed to support either City or United, who would you support in the Premier League? I've made my feelings on this known. Brighton, uh, Gasky. How about you? Uh... That's a really tough question because I think I, I have a say I have a similar soft spot for Bryce because they're the own I feel like they're the only team that play decent football that's outside of the top six. Uh, hmm. Oh, Brentford. When, when, when you be a Brentford fan? Oh, well, Brentford. Yeah, I quite like Brentford as well. I do quite like Brentford. Yeah. Good chat. There you go. Those, those, they would be those two. I, I like both of those clubs. They're very good choices. Mm-hmm. Dr. asks if you had to watch one movie for five hours straight, what would it be? Now, five hours is very specific. So, I don't know. Let's say you've got to watch the same film for like a week just to up the ante. Okay. What would uh, you watch? Ooh. I think I would probably watch either Goodfellas or Wolf of Wall Street because not only are they long films, there's a lot going on in those films. So, you can, every time you oh, rewatch yeah. it, you could uh, have a different experience, that sort of thing. Uh, and there's boobs in Wolf of Wall Street as well. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is, excellent stuff. And there's it. Uh, I would say, yeah, uh, um, Shawshank Redemption, maybe. I'm still yet to oh, watch I like that. Redemption. I need to. I need to watch never... that. Oh, that's, 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 you need to watch that. I, I do. You need to watch. I know. Oh, I know. I know. There you go. So, Gasky Shawshank we'll Redemption. <laughs> Live on street. Live on podcast. <laughs> uh, and last question, Ed asks. This is a good one. If you could travel back in time, what year slash era would you go to? And why? That is a, that's a cracking, that's a really good question. It is, isn't it? Because, I mean, many things have happen, happened in There's history. There's a lot of eras. There's a lot of yeah. eras. Let's, let's assume that you're not allowed to change anything. You're only allowed to observe it, like Scrooge in Christmas oh, Carol. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm sat back. I, I'm, they can't see me. Yeah. But I can watch you're that. You're just observing. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd I'd go very historical. I wouldn't go like something quite recent. I'd probably, I'd probably go to like ancient Greek times, maybe. Yeah. You know, like um, do you know, what, or, you know, like the what is it like the historic wonders of the world, and go and see when that stuff existed. Oh yeah, before they all got destroyed. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like the, the light of Alexandria and yeah. Colossus Rhodes and things like that. Yeah, so that kind of era. That's very uh, yeah, good. I like that answer. Um. So you, so you can't go back and ask questions. And I'd maybe like to see how the pyramids were built. So that would be interesting. Imagine um, being the imagine being the only person to exist to be like, it wasn't. They weren't. They weren't slaves doing it. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, <laughs> the only one. Yeah, I'm also thinking maybe. Uh, I don't know. Maybe something like. The birth of, like, maybe, for example, the birth of, like, what, what people think is, like, you know, Jesus Christ and see what actually happened there. Was he actually, really actually a mythical man or was he a charlatan, yeah. that sort of thing? That might be interesting. Yeah. 
The um, only other one that would be more recent, like a more recent one for me, would be to see if man did walk on the moon. <laughs> it's so much that's just so dodgy, isn't it? That's been in the, that's so 50 50. <laughs> if you believe conspiracy theories, there's then so yeah, many. there's just there's so many, though, isn't there? Like, no, there are just, just low. There no, is, there are. Give, I mean, I mean, give all me American. five, <laughs> give, me all fi- give me five, no, then you know what I mean? Like, no, like the wonders of the world with him, with him, man made, with it not. You know, what was there a little uh, alien involved? You never know, you never know. <laughs> You never know. Like the whole 9-11 situation. Was it was oh, it Rick? <laughs> was it Rick? Right. UEFA. UEFA have been involved, UEFA involved after again. Oh you know, was, it, was it the government? Was it the government? You know, you know, these things like I, I, I'm not one of these like I'm not into the mm, conspiracy theories. Sounds like you watch a lot of their content. I, no, I'm not. But I just want <laughs> it to be in in black and white that it these people just need to shut up. Look. Like Earth being flat. Just send them all to space and let them have a look and go like, yeah. shut up. <laughs> yeah, they do need to uh, need to chill out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think ancient Greece is a good shout. Uh, maybe I'd go to the uh, maybe I'd go to ancient ancient Egypt and see what was kicking yeah. off there. Uh, but that is uh, Novgas. Thank you guys so much for your questions. And now we are approaching that part of the podcast. It's Ballbusters! Ballbusters! You guys leave your comments on the YouTube channel. It's a new YouTube channel, by the way. It's just Knobcast on YouTube. That's where all the future podcasts will be going. And the previous ones are also here in the podcasts. Playlists, same rules. Cryptic Clue, three of them. Player or former footballer. uh, Footballer or former footballer. Three cryptic clues. Leave your answer as a comment. You can win prizes, including Knob Coins, our currency on stream, and a Discord role, and Eternal Glory. Last week's were DB, DB, all the time I can't see. Daily, I'm blind. Daily blind. P.S. SpongeBob's friend has done a turd. Patrick shit. Patrick shit. And Gerard is brutal. S.S. Stephen is a savage. Stefan Savage, well done, Gasky. Got those immediately. Uh, as uh, And we've done very well this week. Jack, Ed, Village, and DR all got all three of them. So, That's... Gasky, if you could please give me a number between one and four. We're going to go with three this time. You've gone for three. And the winner is Village. Well done, Village. Ooh, I think is it's his first time. I think it might be. Uh, he's, he's got he's got a fair few right, but this is his first time winning. So well done, Village. I, I will sort out your goodies and treats. Tayab, if you could please do the answer, giving him a thousand knob coins. That would be sensational. And let's move on to this week's clues, shall we? Which Gasky's already got. Uh, so he's getting very good at these. He might have to start writing them himself. Um, but that's to take over <laughs> me. Uh, the first initials are L-M-M. M. L-M. And the cryptic clue, over there, one of the people who police Discord servers is wealthy. Over there, one of the people who police Discord servers is wealthy. SK, that tragic one from the Inbetweeners, he seems to mind a lot. That tragic one from the Inbetweeners, he seems to mind a lot. And the last one is CL, that French lower body team... It's really lengthy. That French lower body team, it's really lengthy. Guys, get your comments in if you want to uh, win at Ball Busters. Uh, do also let us know if you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, your feedback uh, is uh, really helpful and useful. 
Uh, I do think that we are getting better and better at these. It's, and the image quality is just getting better and better as we bloody go as well. Oh, uh, yes. So, yes, we are absolutely... Uh, I think we're doing very good. I think we're doing very good. But guys, that is the, that is the Nobcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Gasky, uh, do you have any uh, wise words that you'd like to conclude on? Uh, yes. So since it's coming up to good old, you know, Crimbo, not long away, not long away now. Yes. Don't eat yellow snow. Classic. Classic advice from Gasky. Oh, yes. And very, oh, yes. very good advice as well, I must say. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, but guys <laughs> hope you enjoyed it uh go uh, give us a like on the video go give us at five stars on spotify and apple podcasts and we'll see you next week goodbye <laughs>